0: Welcome to The Way Church Service with Pastor John. We invite you to join us at 514 Smithfield Avenue in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented to you by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.TheWayMinistriesRI.org. Thank you and have a great day.
1: All right. Welcome to the Way Church Service. I want to thank everyone for coming out tonight to get a portion of God's Word. Amen. Amen. First and foremost, I want to thank the most important person in the room, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. (laughs) Our risen Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for making all this possible for us by becoming obedient unto death, by going to the cross, shedding his blood for the forgiveness of our sins, and becoming the final sacrifice for our sins so we could have a new life and a new eternal relationship with the Father and a new purpose here on planet Earth. For all who believe in the one and only Son of God, amen? Amen. We gather here to learn about our Creator and find our purpose here. and To learn about Him and to serve one another. Our goal is to grow spiritually and start to handle life God's way. Not our way. God's word, which is the Bible, becomes the owner's manual to our lives. And we open it and we read it to see how God would want us to live, act, think, serve, and treat others. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Each part of his body is very precious to God. That's why he calls us to an assembly. I want to personally welcome each and every one of you to the way tonight. We depend on God's grace, not our own power to accomplish his will for our lives. And if you have a cell phone, can you please silence it so it doesn't disturb tonight's service? And we will start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us another day of life, Lord, and another awesome opportunity to gather together as your family to worship, honor, and glorify you, Lord, and putting your name above our names and all names, Lord. Thank you for this great nation you've given us, Lord. Help us to put our faith and trust in you, Lord. Not mere people, Lord. Because only you know the outcome of everything, Lord. And that's what we're going to put our faith in. Thank you, Lord, for saving us. I pray, Lord, that you would open all our hearts, Lord, and become humble and teachable. So you can mold us and shape us into the image of your Son, Lord. So we can actually become beacons of light in this dark world, Lord. As the days grow darker and darker, Lord, thank you for giving us a new life, Lord, and a new birth for all who believe in your son. Thank you for each other, Lord. Let us build up and encourage each other, especially now, Lord, as the times are dark. I want to say a special prayer for our sister Lisa, who's come home to be with you, Lord, that you comfort her family over this time of grief, Lord, and you reassure them that she's in a better place, Lord. And that we're all going to be together again soon, Father, to comfort the hearts of the families and everyone, Lord. I pray for the people that can't be here or sick, that you give them an opportunity through the internet and the live feed to listen to hear what the Spirit is trying to say to the church tonight, Lord. And let everything we do tonight be led by your Spirit, as always, and not our flesh. And it's in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. And amen. All right, we're going to stand. Brittany, Jasmine, and Deb are going to come and lead us in worship. And we'll get started. How's everybody doing tonight? Okay, it's good to see everybody. It really is. I'm glad I'm here. That's for sure. Before we get started, I'd like to say a special. We have a special birthday. Our sister Brittany. It's birthday. Woo! Happy birthday! We definitely never ask women how old they are. <laughs> we already learned. You never write. We're never write. They always are, so that's just the way it is. Just keep that in mind. Say, If you can just say, yes, dear, you'll have a great life and a great relationship. Amen? And leave the rest in God's hands. Amen? Amen? Amen to that. It's so good to see everybody. Just keep everybody in prayers. The devil tries to take us off of focusing on what's really important, the issues. What's in the Word of God is what's important, not what's going on out there. Amen? When you put your faith in Jesus and trust Him, you'll never get disappointed because He's always on the throne. Amen? Amen? Just keep your eyes fixed on Him. He'll take care of the details. And you won't have to worry about none of that. Because there's no one on this earth that can fix the problem but Jesus. Amen? So whatever He puts in, He puts in. whatever He takes out, He takes out. We're going to put our faith in our Lord. All right, we got a beautiful scripture up there, Romans chapter 12. Let's go there. Before we get started, I'm going to a real important message tonight, and I pray that the Lord gives me the ability to get this out clearly, so we can get glorified and we can shine, shine some light. Right now, there's a lot of darkness going on out there, and people a lot of people are getting disappointed, but let me tell you something, God's right on time, and He'll never disappoint us, Amen. He never will. He said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. People will. That's right. Jesus never will. Yeah. Amen. All right, look at verse 9. I love this verse. Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. If you want to hate anything, don't hate people. Hate what is wrong. The Bible tells us to hate the sin that contaminates the people's lives. Not the sinner. That's what you hate, the sin. God hates sin. He doesn't hate his people. Amen? It says, hold tightly to what is good. (laughs) This is good. And everybody in here, this is what's good. This is what you hold tightly to. Or else you're going to fall apart, especially in the way these times are. Hold tightly to the word of faith. Now, it says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. It's good to see you, brothers and sisters. We honor each other. Amen? We're here to build each other up and honor each other. Amen. And let the unbelieving world show, see that we honor each other no matter what's going on. Amen? And we live and, let live and let the Holy Spirit work in our lives. And we don't have to force our opinion or have somebody have the same opinion as ours to love, to love somebody. Right. We can simply agree to disagree and go on. And the, and the unbelieving world is watching. Now it says in verse 11, Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Great formula. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Look at verse 13. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Listen, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. That's what it's asking us to do. You're in need. We're here for each other to help each other. Amen. If we don't gather, how can we help each other? We don't see each other. All right, now look what it says. And always be eager to practice hospitality, to be kind to people. Now look what it says in verse 14. This is what we're going to be talking about tonight, and this is something that we have to understand, that we have to grow into, that it's not something that's instant. It says, bless those who persecute you. Don't you wish you became a believer in Jesus Christ? Everybody that came up against you, you were just ready to say, oh, I bless you. Have a good day, my brother. (laughs) You wish it was that easy. No, that has to be developed in us and we have to learn a new way of thinking for that to happen. Can I get an amen for that? That doesn't happen instantly. We wish it did. You know what happens instantly? Your eternal destiny. When you believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, heaven is your home and that's locked in. After that, everything else is going to be developed in us. Our faith has to be developed and grow. Now look what it says. Don't curse them. It says bless them. Look, if you can't bless them, but it says don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Just imagine going up to someone that you're not too fond of and that's been hurting you and ask God to bless them. Tell me that's something in our human nature that we can just do on our own. That has to be developed. That's what we're going to be talking about. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. You know, someone comes in with a heavy heart. You don't just tell them, oh, I'm getting blessed. Look at me. No, you you weep with them. You say, you know what? I I hear you. You know, I get get like that too. Let's pray together. But you don't boast about that you're doing good when they're not. You join in with them and you weep with them. Can I get an amen for that? That's when you become empathetic empathetic and, and you have mercy in your heart and compassion. That's what the Lord's given us, a new heart of love and compassion towards people that are hardened by life. Like right now, people are hardened by life out there and they're all believing a lie. It's up to us to what? Let them get to the truth and that's to get them to the Word of God, not to our agenda. Let them hear the message of the Gospel so they can actually come to their senses and escape the devil's trap. Amen. Now, look what it says, verse 16. Live in harmony with each other. Look, it doesn't matter if you're rich or you're poor or you're in the middle. It says live in harmony. Treat everybody equally, no matter what they have or where they're at. Amen? Spiritually, mentally, materially, anywhere. Don't look down on people. Don't look up to people that have more than you. And don't worship people. Stick with God. Amen? And honor each other and pray for each other. Don't look at it says. Live in hum. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. I love it. The Bible is very humbling. There's people in this world that think they know it all by what they've gained in the world. But that doesn't that doesn't show you your value. Your value is what you believe in and how you live your life. Because you ain't taking none of that with you. I don't care how much you have here. It ain't coming with you. One life to live will soon be past. Only what's done for Christ will last. Now look what it says in verse 17. You're telling me that we can do this automatically once we become believers? Boy, I wish it was that easy. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way... Listen to this one that everyone can see that you're honorable. See it? Everyone. Do all do all that. <laughs> do all that. You can live in peace with everyone. See it? That you can live in peace with everybody. Don't you just want who wants peace in their life? Go out there right now and see if there's any peace going on out there. They're all dependent on people and places and things. And everybody's in a turmoil. Let me tell you something. I'll let that consume me for about 15 minutes. And after that, my wife will tell you, I said, done. That has nothing to do with, I'm going to think about the things above. Because the things down here are only going to get worse, the Bible says. So if I dwell on them, guess what? There is no peace. There is no peace aside from Jesus to keep our eyes fixed on him, the author and finisher of our faith. And we're going to be talking about that tonight. Now, look what it says in verse 19. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. You know why it's righteous anger? Because when human beings get angry, they do things that are sinful. They don't do it fairly because their anger gets the best of them and that gives a foothold to the devil. Can I get an amen for that? You tell me you're being Christ-like when you're angry in this world. And what comes out of your mouth after that? Not a good representative of Jesus, correct? So we know that if we leave it in God's hands and we keep our mouth shut, then maybe they can see Jesus, amen? Until then, they ain't going to see him in you. You know what they're going to see in you? The alternative, the devil. Because he takes control. You, everybody thinks that possession is like you getting turning green and spitting out pea soup. No, you're possessed when you can't control what's coming out of your mouth. He's actually taken over and all evil's coming out of your mouth. You're saying nasty things, you're hurting people, and you can't stop till it runs its course. You are possessed by the evil one. Anger gives control over to the devil. I can testify to that myself. I have vicious anger problems. Actually, where I can black out and actually do some bodily harm to people. And there's people right now that are sitting in prison because they blacked out with anger and actually killed somebody. And then they woke up and say, what happened? Well, the devil took control of them, so we, as Christians, we can't let that happen. We have to let God take control of us. That's 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 a given. Right, leave that to the righteous thing. And for God, the scriptures say, "I will take revenge, I will pay them back," says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, give them some feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something. Does that mean, like, literally do that? No, it's saying, look, if they're hungry, give them a pass. Look, if you're, instead of paying them back with evil, you pay them back with an act of kindness. Like, you're not going to be an act of kindness by you keeping your mouth shut instead of reviling back. That would be an act of kindness on your part, not to try to get your point across. Because you know what your point is going to be? It's not Jesus' point. <laughs> Jesus' point is to love them. Our point is to get off pound of flesh in. Can I get an amen for that? All right. This is the real deal, church, right here. Now it says, if they're thirsty, give them something. In doing this, you'll heap burning coals of shame on their head. Look at verse twenty-one. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. This is what conquers evil, right here. Living by the principles of the Bible will overcome evil. And this is what you don't just not do it. You have to replace it with something good, an act of kindness, and go on beyond. By just saying, I'm not going to pay them back with evil, I'm not going to do anything. No, I'm going to bless them, or I'm going to say something kind to them. Because that puts shame on their heads. You ever see somebody come at you and you don't go back at them? They don't know what to do. They're at a loss for words. They're, they're wanting you to come back so they can have an argument. When you don't say anything, say something nice. Boy, it's beautiful out today, ain't it? Want to go grab a bite to eat? And they look behind them and say, you talking to me? I just told you that I hate you and want you to die. And you're asking me if I want to go out for lunch. They're saying, that's not the guy I know. That must be somebody else. Yeah, it is. It's Jesus. He just showed up. That's how he shows up, amen? That's a big amen. Not by reading this, by doing this. And that's the process we're going to talk about. It takes a lot of faith to do that and a lot of trust to develop that in your life. <laughs> we all know what I'm talking about, amen? amen? All right, so this is the topic we're going to talk about tonight faith. Something that we desperately need right now. That the world and the believers in themselves that are not strong in the Lord are starting to lose their faith in what they believe in. And now's the time for us to get our faith stronger, not weaker. Okay, and I we're going to define a few things. If you hang in there with me, it's probably going to take more than one message, as usual, because when the Holy Spirit starts speaking to me, I just can't, I yield to whatever He's telling me to tell you. Amen? Amen. Just so you know, this is a Spirit-led ministry. Amen? It's not a religion. Okay, it's a Holy Spirit. All right, we're going to talk about faith. We're going to define it, explain it and explain how it works, okay? How's that sound? Pretty good? This way here, you could really understand what faith is. Biblical faith. First, I'm going to define it, what the world will say about it. All right, faith. Confidence and trust in a person or thing. Belief that is not based on proof. Belief in God or in the doctrines or teachings of the Bible. These are are what the dictionary tells us they are. Belief in anything as a code of ethics, standard of merit. A system of religious belief, the Christian faith, the Jewish faith, or the obligation of loyalty or fidelity to a person, promise, engagement. Okay? The observance of this obligation, fidelity to one's promise, oath, allegiance. For instance, he was was the only one who proved his faith during our recent trouble. He's shown his faith. He put it into action. Christian theology, the trust in God and his promises as made through Jesus Christ in the scriptures by which humans are justified or saved. Amen. All right. Now, what's the definition of biblical faith? Let's get into this now. All right. Everybody with me? Yes. All right, forget about what's going on out there. What's going on in here is way more important. Because it's going to it's gonna get you into the right thought process, okay? Because I know right now everybody needs to hear this because what's going on out there is not pretty. Amen? People are putting their faith and trust in people. And we already know what happens when that happens. All right. Thankfully, the Bible contains a clear definition of faith in Hebrews 11.1, 1. let's start there, okay? All right. Let's see what the Bible says what faith is, okay? And I'm going to try to explain it in different parts. Verse 1 of Hebrews 11. I love when I hear the pages turn. It brings me back old school, right, when it was actually books. Instead of this, like my whole life's in here. I don't even know my own phone number anymore. <laughs> and if I if I get too lax in that, I'm gonna forget where the scriptures are in the Bible too, because it's so easy to go on the phone and get them. But sometimes that might not be working. And the pages will always open. And then you're in a in a in a pickle, and you want to get the scripture. Um, where is it? I'm start looking for. It, you can't find it because you think it's not. You can't find it because you're not used to looking in the Bible for it. Don't use it as a replacement. Use it as an enhancement. Amen? Okay. Look what it says in verse 1. Faith shows. So that means faith is an action because it shows something. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Okay. Simply put, the biblical definition of faith is believing, then trusting, and obeying something you cannot explicitly see. Okay, three things. Right. First, you have to what? Believe it. Then you have to trust what you're believing. And then it goes on to obeying what you believe, becoming to what you believe. Three parts. The definition of biblical faith contains three aspects. All right. I want to explain this. and I want you to understand this so you don't get trapped in all this. There's three different parts to faith. Okay, three aspects: the in- intellectual assent. Okay, then trust, and then obedience. Okay, intellectual assent is believing something to be true. Okay, you believe that Jesus is the G- God's son. You believe that to be true. That's what it means. Okay, can I get an amen for that? You believe that to be true. Okay. The many people, okay, now listen intellectual is believing something trust is actually relying on the fact that something is true I trust that what they're saying is true, I'm relying on that okay a chair is often used to illustrate this, okay intellectual assent is recognizing that a chair is a chair, okay you recognize that that as a chair okay, you recognize that as a chair Trust is agreeing that is designed to support a person who sits in it, okay? Then obeying it is actually sitting in the chair. See, there's three different parts. You have to trust that you can sit in it, and then you have to actually sit in it. So first you have to believe it, then you have to develop a trust, and then you're going to actually sit in it. That's what faith is. You can't separate them three, though. And this is where Christianity goes off on a tangent, thinking, all i got to do is believe, and that's it. No, there's way more to it, and I'm going to prove it. Can I get an amen? amen? I don't want you to get deceived about this. Understanding these three aspects of faith is crucial. Crucial. Many people believe certain facts about Jesus Christ. Many people will intellectually agree with the facts of the Bible, declares about Jesus. But knowing those facts to be true is not what the Bible means by faith. The biblical definition of faith requires intellectual assent of the facts and obedient trust to those facts. Can I get an amen to that? It's actually trusting in the facts enough to actually obey obey them and that takes time and cannot be separated though. Can I get an amen for that? They can't be separated. Just like the Trinity can't be separated. The three aspects of faith can't be separated either. Just like the Trinity. That's the goal to becoming a Christian. Okay? The Apostle Paul came to explain how to accomplish this, not separate it. People say, I went to the Apostle Paul, all you're gonna do is believe it and go to heaven. No, he came to show how to uh, how to accomplish it and not separate that. Okay? Let's go to Romans chapter one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dis- explain this all in Scripture. Are you with me so far? Yeah. Believe me, I beat my brains out to get this for myself, this information, because I thought it was just a simple thing. It is simple, but we make it very complicated. Because this intellectual human being mind always tries to figure it out their way yeah. instead of God's way. But God's way is different than our way, and he proves it. Because we can't live up to the fact what he tells us to do on a daily basis or we wouldn't need a savior. I wish my intellectual mind would make me make the right choices and decisions all the time. Don't you? Then it wouldn't be saying I'm sorry anymore. (laughs) Because everything would be perfect. And every decision we made would be good. And how many can sit here and say every decision in their life they made so far was right and perfect? If you do, man, you got some issues. And you're blaming everybody else for your own choices. Who hasn't failed? (laughs) Thank you, Jesus, right? You can relax here. It's okay. You can be a failure. Because that's what he came for. He came for failures. If you think you're not a failure, then you're coming to the wrong place. All right, look at uh, Romans 1, verse 17. Talks about the good news. I love the way people like to separate things in the Bible and make their own decision, you know, so they can pick out certain things they don't have to do, so they can just live that way and do what they want, instead of just saying, No, I need to I need it all. There's a lot to it. And there's be a lot of places that pick through the Bible and give you certain passages to make you think that everything's okay, just do whatever you want and everything's good. No doesn't work that way. It's either you obey it, and trust it, and grow into it, or you never did believe it to begin with. Can I get any amen for that? Amen. All right. Look at it says in verse 17. The good news, which is the Bible, the gospel, tells us how God makes us right in his sight. Is everybody there, Romans 1, 17? Amen. This is accomplished, listen to what it says, from start to finish, by faith. So that means it has nothing to do with my works. By my faith, it's accomplished. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life, or the righteous will live by faith. Wait a minute. You mean faith is something I have to live by? Yes, you see? It's a life. It's it's something that we live by. We don't just say I have faith. We live by our faith. And where do I find that? Let's go to Habakkuk chapter 2. Now, I know you're going to have to go in your index for this. That's fine. Go, Go to the index and find Habakkuk. Because that's where you got the scripture from. And it's funny how in the New Testament they throw Old Testament characters into it so you don't get tripped up by what just Paul was saying. Because okay? Paul was an apostle for the Gentiles. He didn't walk with Christ. The other ones that were thrown in there did. John, Peter, James, they actually walked with him. That's why they're in there, to, make it, to balance it out, so to speak. To balance out. Oh, look at verse uh, 4 of Habakkuk chapter 2. I love it. When I read this, I said, wow. Look at verse 4. Look at the proud. They trust in themselves, and their lives are crooked. But the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. See it. The Greek version reads, if the vision is delayed, wait patiently for it. Surely come and not delay. I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But the righteous person will live by faith. Not just have faith. Somebody who's right with God will live by their faith. Amen. Thank you. Don't se- you can't separate living you have to live by your faith, not just have faith, you have to live by your faith. Can I get an amen for that? Yeah. We're going to compare that with Romans 1.17, which you just read. Don't go there, I'm just giving you the scriptures that are backing it up. Galatians 3.11 and Hebrews 10.37-38. to 38. Now go with me to Philippians 1. You notice the New Testament is full of Old Testament passages. So people can think, well, that Old Testament wasn't written for me. Oh, yes, it was. This whole Bible was written for me. (laughs) Every word in it. As an example, what to do and what not to do. And even the nations are told what to do and what not to do. And guess what? This nation is doing what it should not be doing. It's trying to get rid of God's principles which was founded on the nation. They want to take them out so they can make their own rules. And you know what happens? Read the Old Testament, what happens to people like that? They end up getting conquered. Now you know what? I'm sticking to this (laughs) because I'm not getting conquered. Thank you. Or else you will. You fall prey to what you will get conquered. Philippians 1, look at verse 10. I love this. When I started getting into this, I said, wow, faith? There's a lot more to it than just saying, oh, I have faith. <laughs> it's just like saying I have faith when I get in my car, it's going to start, But I don't really know if it is till I turn the key. Right. You believe that it's going to do it, right? And then you have to believe that it's going to get you to where you want to go. Right? You have to actually get in the car and drive it. But it might not get you there. It might break down. <laughs> Jesus never breaks down. You're putting faith in him, he's going to get you there. That's, what you, that's the difference. Anything human can break down and fail. Anything from above will never fail. Amen. So if you put your trust in that, you can't miss. Amen. That's the difference. Everything that human beings create has to be maintained. Everything God creates, he maintains. You build a car, just drive that car for a few thousand miles without taking it for service and see where it ends up. It'll end up in the junkyard faster than you can name it, right? Obey the word of God and you'll end up in heaven. Guaranteed. And he said, you'll never break down. My spirit is going to renew you every day. These bodies are going to break down. I'm going to give you a brand new one. I believe that. Boy, I can use one now. <laughs> you youngins don't know it yet, but it's coming.
0: Whew.
1: Sleep or stay in one spot for more than an hour? You know that time's catching up with you. I'm saying, wow. Get up. All right, and then move. Before I should just... Now it's like... Do we have to go there? That's a long distance. You know what I'm talking about. All right, look what it says in verse 10. Apostle Paul was explaining something to tell you what really matters in the whole crux of why you're a Christian, what really matters. Do you want to really know what what really matters, why you come here? Do you or don't you? Well, then I'm going to tell you because the Bible tells us what really matters, but most people turn a blind eye to that. It says, for I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until jesus comes back or the day of his return so if you really understand why you're saved and what really matters you will live a pure and blameless life look what it says in verse 11 i love it may you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation now what's the fruit of my salvation i know the scriptures in and out i've read the bible 10 times no, that's not what it says. And people think that because they're intellectual. I read the Bible. That's I'm smart. No, look what it says. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the fruit of reading and understanding this, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. If that has to be produced, how can I get it by just saying I believe it? This makes no sense, right? If I have it, how... How come that has to get produced in me if I say all I'm going to do is have faith? It's something that has to be developed. Am I going to get an argument on
0: this?
1: (laughs) It says it right here. May you always be filled with the fruit, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ, which is the righteous character produced in your life by reading, understanding, and obeying the word of God, which is Jesus Christ. Now, look what it says. For this will bring much glory. I'm getting wrong. That must mean the Spirit is definitely coming now. Oh boy, you're in trouble now, trust me. Lock them doors. Just kidding. You wouldn't want to leave right now, would you? I'll get you on the edge of the seat already. It's all in the delivery. Can I get an amen for that? Amen boy, God never took away my Charles Street character. But let me stay on that. It actually works. Because they used it for evil and it worked. Now I'm using it for good. Thank you, Jesus. He never takes away our personality. Each one of us has a certain one and you know it. There's good things in our personality and bad. And he's trying to produce the right stuff in our, in our personality and get rid of the bad. He's producing that in us. Look. Because it says, after that, this will bring much glory and praise to how good I am. No, do you see what it produces? Much glory and praise to God, not you. That's the difference. Your intellect produces rewards that you want. His word produces rewards that he wants. A life lived for him. And a life lived for him might get in the way of life lived for us. Can I get an amen? Okay. That's what really matters. Wow, I come to church, that's what really matters. The righteous character that Jesus is trying to produce in your life so he can help you build his kingdom down here. Believe me, if everybody went by this principle, you wouldn't even need to lock your doors. You wouldn't have to worry about anybody taking your things. You wouldn't have to worry about anybody stealing your wife. You wouldn't have to worry about anything like that. Because if we live by all these principles, everything would be fine. Could I get an amen for that? Well, no, we're going to make our own principles. Boy, we're in trouble. Believing that Jesus is God incarnate who died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins and was resurrected is not enough. Even the demons believe in God and in those facts. Go to James chapter 2 and I'm going to prove it. Everybody thinks that. that's all I got to do. Oh, the devil believes that. So you can believe it and be like the devil. And you see Christianity like that way now. So where's Jesus in all
0: this?
1: (laughs) Now, go to James chapter 2. James is a good book. A lot of people like to try to take it out. As a matter of fact, they try to take it out. They try to take James out of the Bible. Look what it says in verse 14. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? So suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? You see? faith itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds it is dead and useless now someone may argue some people have faith others have good deeds but I say how can you show me your faith if you don't have any good deeds I will show you my faith by my good deeds you say you have faith for you believe that there is one God do you believe that? Some manuscripts read that God is one. We can see you, he's getting that from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, by the way, if anybody wants to go back and check it. And it says, James gets a little sarcastic, says, Good for you. Good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish, he says. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar. Remember God said, all right, I'm giving you. Now put him on the altar and kill him and sacrifice him to me. That's what his faith did. It actually made him obey what God wanted him to do. The son he's been dying for all his life. God says, no, put him on the altar and sacrifice him to me. I'll show you how much you have faith in me. See the difference? Now it says, look at verse 22. You see? His faith and his actions work together. Amen. amen. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. His actions made his faith complete. Like I said, there's three parts to faith. If it was just complete by saying it, then he wouldn't say he had to complete it. Can I get an amen for that? Yeah, amen. See, people take these words and say, oh, no, you have to complete. If it was complete, then you wouldn't have to do anything else. It made his faith complete. And it so happened, just as the scriptures say, Abraham believed God. And God counted him his righteousness, his righteous because of his faith, which is Genesis 15, 6. He even was called the friend of God, which is in Isaiah 41, 8. So you see what he's saying though He's saying Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. Why? He showed him his faith by putting his kid on the altar to kill him because God sacrificed him. He believed it and he actually did it. He put his faith into practice. So it wasn't just, I believe it, and that's it. And he said, no, I'm not putting him up on the altar. No, he had to go and actually act on what his faith was going to tell him to do. So that was something that had to be developed, wouldn't you say? Okay. Don't you wish it was just like that? No, it's not just like that. Sorry. That's why Christianity is such a mess right now. Go to church, pay your penance, make your dues, go home and live the way you want. You're going to heaven. Don't worry about it. I don't know where you, got that, where you got that idea from, but it's not biblical. It's not biblical. And you know how you can tell? Go look at the fruit of what they're teaching you. Go look at the fruit of the churches today. Go look at what they do. Are they Christ-like in their behaviors and actions? Or are they trying to gain everything down here? Thinking that, oh yeah, you got the, Abraham got blessed. No, they failed to tell you. Abraham had to put his kid on the altar to get blessed. Are you ready to put your life on the altar to get blessed? That's the question. And if you don't like what I'm saying, you take it up with God. Because I'm the one, he he said, no, you tell him. (laughs) I'm not accountable to you. I'm accountable to what the Bible tells me. So if you don't like me, that means you don't like what God's saying. Because it ain't me speaking right now. Don't shoot the messenger. You come here to hear the message from the true God. And I'm not going to go around it just so I get the place full of people. You're welcome. Because that's not why he called me. He called me to tell them the truth. So they could actually do what I asked them to do. All right, so let's keep going. Is everybody with me so far? Oh, we got more time and I'm going to keep going. Now look what it says. He was even called the friend of God, which is in Isaiah 41, 8, so 24, verse 24. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. See, everybody gets that scripture, faith alone and Christ alone, and that's it. I'm righteous and I'm good. Oh, really? When you leave here, are you different? Are you righteous in God's eyes? Do you do everything he asks you to do? Do you love your enemies, pray for them? Stop lying. That's the lie. That's the lie that people believe as Christians. That's all I got to believe. Faith alone and Christ alone. That's it. you wish it was that easy. To become like Jesus takes some pain and crucifixion and denying of myself. And that's why he saved me. That's what the Bible tells me. He saved me so I can become like his kid. So either you believe that or you don't. Can I get an amen for that? If you say, oh, that's okay. This guy's got band-aids too. (laughs) He heals us. Thank God for his grace and mercy that begins afresh every day. So I get a new shot at it tomorrow because I failed already. I can be real with you, can't I? I woke up this morning and I said, you know what, I don't want to do this. Look at the way the world's going. I don't want to do any of this anymore. I don't know what to believe anymore what I see. He says, it's got nothing to do with what you see. It's got everything to do with what you believe. Amen. Then I said, that's right. Get behind me, Satan.
0: Amen.
1: Beat it. No. I ain't looking at what I'm seeing. I'm looking at what I'm believing. Amen. He's going to settle the accounts. Amen. Not some man. You know what? Maybe that's why he put the wrong one in there. Because I was dependent on somebody else instead of him. So you know what? You think it's going to be him? You ain't getting him. He's supposed to come to me. Think about it. Everybody's dependent on that for their salvation, right? He's saying, no, you got it wrong. You're supposed to come to me for salvation. I'm the deliverer, not him. If you want to put your faith in him, you ain't getting him. And guess what? Let the cards fall where they may. They all wanted a king back in the Old Testament, right? They ended up in oppression, right? He ended up getting conquered by other countries. Then he said, well, you've got to listen to their ways and do what they do or you're going to get conquered too. So you've got to stop being like them. See, the Bible is not, it's not a joke. He tells you the result of acting and thinking a certain way, what the result is going to be, because he never changes. He says you're going to do it. You want that? Here it is. I get an amen for that? You know what? I ain't turning the TV on. I don't even care. Because let me tell you something. The Bible says it's going to get worse before it gets better, and it already is. And if you think somebody else is going to make it more comfortable for you, I don't know what kind of Christianity you're believing in, but it's going to get harder for you, not easier. The only time it's going to get easier for a Christian is when we go home to be with them. And it can be easier for you if you actually put your faith in this than that. And then you won't have to live in misery and turmoil anymore. No, because this is the reality. That's all superficial. And all my material is superficial. The truth is underneath all that. Okay, you with me so far? Now let's go to verse, look, so it says in verse 24, so you see that we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Verse 25, Rahab, the prostitute, is another example. Wow, you mean they're using a prostitute as an example? Try to use an example here. Oh, they're no good, right? She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away in a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, it says without breath or without spirit. You're born spiritually dead. You could be existing, but you're dead spiritually. That's what he's talking about. So also is your faith is dead without good works to show it. And that's why you, pre- no, they ain't preaching none of that. Faith only and grace That's it. And that's why it's such a mess. No obedience, no advancing, no growing, no changing. Why do I got to change all this in heaven too? I don't know what Bible you're reading, but it's a satanic one. You don't get both. It's one or the other. You have to leave that one behind, it says, if you want to get into my kingdom. Who wouldn't want everything in heaven too? Who in their right mind as a human being wouldn't want that? You mean I get to keep all this and go to heaven? I can live whatever I want, do what I want, and then just jump into heaven? Thank you. Who would have jumped on that instead of saying, I got to give that up, crucify myself, start helping others, love my enemies? Who would want to do that instead if it wasn't something that we had to? And guess what? When the Holy Spirit's in you, he prompts you to. You can't help but do it. You end up having bad days and suffering and still following Jesus. Because you can't not do it. When the Holy Spirit is in you, you cannot not do it. The Bible is clear on that. And if you're still living for yourself, then you have to say that I really believe what I'm saying I am, that I'm just going to heaven. Quiet, right? It's quiet because everybody gets deceived about it. We must personally and fully rely on the death of Christ as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. We must sit in the chair of salvation that Jesus Christ has provided. He says, You believe me? You believe I died for you and I gave you a new life? Now do it. Do it. <laughs> Let me tell you something. If you can do this, let him run the show, you're already in heaven. That's the problem. We can't do it. we got to get up. Wait a minute. (laughs) Right? we got to get up instead of saying, remember what Mary, um, Jesus said to um, Mary and Martha, Martha's saying, why ain't you uh, helping me get all this stuff ready for dinner? Jesus said, she found what's important, and it won't be taken from her. Have you found what's important? That's the question. You know how you'll know what's important to you? By what you do every day. Shows you what's important to you. That's what shows you your faith. Your actions. So listen. This is saving faith. The the faith God requires of us for salvation is believing what the Bible says about who Jesus is and what he has accomplished and fully trusting and obeying Jesus for that salvation. Like it says in Acts 16, verse 25. Let's go there. Remember the apostle Paul? They threw him in jail. So I guess, how many of us were just going to open the prison door and jump in for Jesus? All right, you believe in Jesus? Get in prison. Right now. Look what it says. Look what it says. Want to talk about a change? Want to talk about somebody being obedient to God? Look at verse 25 of Acts. Verse 16, I mean, yeah, verse 25 of Acts 16. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Now, they were in shackles because they were talking about Jesus. Jesus. They threw him in prisons and in a cold dungeon in shackles. Look what they were doing. They were singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening. They were, were they listening like, how did I get in here? I was saying I love Jesus and look where I ended up. Nope. What are you saying when you're in trouble? What are you saying when you're having problems? Are you glorifying God and singing hymns to him? Well, don't tell me that your faith is all you need. Because if that's all it took, then you'd be happy anyway. All the time. No, it has to be developed, doesn't it? Yeah, because you wish it was that simple. People get so deceived, it's not even funny. Look, suddenly, look, they were, listen, they were singing and other prisons were listening. All of a sudden, there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundation. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Now think about that for you. Would you stick around or would you get out of there? Well, let's read on and see what Paul did. This shows you where your faith is. Right here. The jailer woke up to see that the prison door's wide open. He assumed, which is not a good thing to assume. Laurie did an awesome study on assuming. Look what it says. Look what he was going to do. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew a sword to kill himself. Why? Because he knew if they got away, he was responsible for it and they were going to kill him. Mm-hmm. By him assuming that, he was ready to kill himself. And guess what? He was wrong. Look what it says. So don't make assumptions either. That is a good lesson right there in itself. Without the facts. Look what it says. Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself, we are here. Now, this guy, put them in prison. Somebody puts you in prison, would you say that, are you saying? No, kill him. What would you be saying? He's saying, "Don't, don't kill yourself. No, you'd be saying, go ahead, do it, so I can get out of here. That's the flesh. Look what he said. Don't kill yourself. We are here. They didn't leave. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Why? Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Wow. He actually asked them what he has to do to get what they had. He showed it. He showed it what he had. He said, what human being would do that? Not one. What must I do to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus. Well, they believed in him and look how they acted because of it. That's the difference of the messages you hear in churches today. The doors were open in prison. They didn't leave. Paul said, man, I can get this guy saved right now. Why am I going to leave? It wasn't about him anymore. And that doesn't happen just by saying, I have faith. No, because that takes time to kill yourself. Can I get an amen for that? So don't fool yourself. But that's okay. There's plenty of time to become like Jesus. And that's what we're talking about. And thank God for that, right? When you have a kid, it takes a time to grow up. But that's what he did. Now let's just read the account though. Because more than it, more than he got more than one person saved through the process, by the way. Let's read the account. Are you with me so far? Yes. Then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Verse 31, they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. Why? Why would the household get saved too? Because they'd see a different man when he came home. they say, wow, what happened to you? You're actually the guys you put in prison. You're taking care of their wounds. Let's finish the story. Something to think about. Look what it said. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, listen to this, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. The guy that put the shackles on him and threw them in the hole was actually taking care of them. The same time, the same hour of the night, did he just say, oh, I have faith, and that was it he did? No, that's a, No. Don't you wish it was that simple? Because there's the example right there. If you think it was that easy, then you're going to go do it. I got faith. I believe in Jesus. Well, then you're going to jail, and you're going to get other people saved, and you ain't going to say a thing about it. Don't you wish? It's not that simple, is it? It is that simple, but it takes time for us for that seed to get produced, to become like that. To become a believer is something that has to get done and takes time to do. Can I get a big amen for that? My faith has to be developed into trust and then into obedience. First I have to believe it, then I have to trust it, what it's saying, then I have to actually do it. And that proves that you're saved. How many people scratch their head all the time saying, I don't even know if I'm saved or not? Why? It should be clear as the nose in your face. If you are, if you do it the way it's laid out, you have no doubts. Got I get an amen for that? Something to think about, right? Now let's just keep finishing it. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And his entire household rejoiced. Because they all believed in God. Do you rejoice just because you believe in God? Or is all more things going to happen for you to be rejoicing? See what happens? People are selfish. They want more. Just, Just by God opening your eyes and believing it, you should be rejoicing all day long. Because people, if you look at the way it's going out there, they're not getting what you have. The thing of it is we take it for granted. It's never enough for the human heart. But when your spirit rests assured in God, you have everything you ever will need. But that takes time. And you wish it just happened in an instant. Can I get an amen for that? All right, we're going to close there. We'll continue when we get together again, all right? Thank you, Jesus. I hope, I hope I made it a little clearer for you. Thank you. Thank you. That wasn't me. All right, Brittany, Jasmine, and Deb are going to come. We're going to stand and worship the Lord, and we are going to close.
0: Oh, Lord, my God.
1: Thanks everybody. Have a great night. Until we meet again, God bless.